Hey there, what's up everybody? What's going on? What's good? The Boxing Source here checking in as um, we have a good amount of uh, content to go through uh, here today um, as uh, we check in for the October 31st, 2021 edition of the Boxing Source radio show. I'm your host, James Bell, the leader of the Boxing Source on social media. We have pages through Instagram, Twitter, Facebook, and uh, also have a YouTube channel. Uh, so that's all, you know, what we have got going on uh, here as um, we have a lot to, you know, kind of like go over, uh, see if we could do that within the next, um, you know, hour, 30 minutes or so in this particular episode. Um, you know, I was um, on site for uh the beltway battles event uh that happened at the entertainment and sports arena in washington dc uh if you uh listen into the uh episodes uh from a couple of weeks ago uh we did have um the friday that was involved in the main event kobe soldier breedy uh, along with his trainer coach floyd seymour uh that did talk um for a few uh, moments uh, in that episode, and we also had uh, one of the uh, promoters uh, uh, involved with the event uh, from Mayweather Promotions, Derek Curry, uh, who, you know, manages um, Jaleel Major Hackett. Um, and so uh, we'll be uh, going over uh, the results of the fights that they were involved in and more in this uh, particular uh, podcast. Plus, we cover uh, what happened on Saturday night as you had um, events through uh, the top rank uh, portion of the card uh, that was in New York City uh, that was broadcast on ESPN Plus. And then you also had, um, you know, uh, fights over at the uh, over in Las Vegas, uh, which uh, was headlined by uh, Jamal James against Razad Butayev. Uh, with the co-feature bout of Jerron Boots Enos uh, versus Thomas DeLorme. Uh, so we're going to be, you know, covering those uh, particular uh, battles um, and more in this uh, in this episode. So uh, you will uh, kind of like get most of that uh, here in this thing. Um, and also uh, wanted to cover, you know, the uh, updates uh, coming out of the um, December 5th event uh, that's scheduled to happen over in Los Angeles that is uh, involving Gavante Tank Davis and Rolando Roley Romero. Uh, so we'll be covering that as well. And it's pretty much less than a week away from the undisputed Super Middleweight Championship title bout between Saul Canelo Alvarez and Caleb Sweethands Plant. Uh, so we may uh, touch on that a little bit as well in this particular uh, episode. But, uh, you know, going off of, uh, you know, what had been happening uh, over the past, uh, you know, weekend, like I said, I was on site uh, at the um, Entertainment and Sports Arena uh, that was uh, that's located in Washington D.C. Uh, headlined by Cobia Soldier Breedy against Suleiman Sagawa. Uh, and that was, you know, for the 
WBC Continental America's featherweight title. Of course, uh, Kobe Breedy uh, was there uh, coming in with a record of 15 wins and just the uh, lone loss uh, to um, King Tug. Uh, but now uh, we're going to actually hear from uh, the guy that was involved in the main event, checking in, uh, originally from Barbados, now residing in the Washington, D.C. area, man. Uh, it's the soldier, always ready for war, man. What's going on, Soldier Breedy? Man, what's good, man? Everything good, man. First of all, I want to shout out my Barbados people, people from DMV, Washington Star Promotion, the WBC, everybody. They've been a part of uh, Floor Coach Floyd, Derek, for making this happen, you know what I mean, for giving me the opportunity. And... I'm here, man. Yeah, I feel you, man. I feel you. I mean, uh, you know, you had this bout against Suleiman Sagawa, mm -hmm. and you know, I was there, man. You had a you know quick start. You were we were kind of like filling them out in the first round, but then uh you were able to like control the distance uh and and pretty much like see most of what uh he was throwing out there, and he mm -hmm. missed a lot of those shots in those first couple of rounds. You were catching them with a lot of counters. Um mm -hmm. but you know, it just was like a you know, hard little break there, um, you know, within mm -hmm. that uh, third round is, uh, you know, accidental clash of heads happened uh, there. So mm -hmm. kind of like go through that a little bit here real quick. So, you know, we went off for a year, so I was like really pumped up and excited for the fight. So, you know, and then, you know, he saw Paul and coming out swinging wild and stuff. So I was just, you know, I was just a little, a little intense. You know, I was ready for a war. I was, you know, soldier ready for a war. So, you know, my coach, you know, just after the second first round, you know, I started later in the first round, I started to settle down a little bit. And um, then I started, you know, getting my groove and just being smart. And I started picking them apart. Yep. And that's, and that's you know, pretty much was, you know, how, how things was going out there uh, yeah. until, you know, the referee had like came out uh, to your corner at the end of the third round and kind of like explained the situation there. But uh, I think that was like a, you know, real bad uh, situation. But wanted to add in uh, your trainer here, checking in from the, checking in from the gym. Uh oh, looks like a little oh, fumble there. Okay. What happened? <laughs> I'm back, man. I'm back. How you Coach Floyd, Coach Floyd in the building, man. What's going on? Hey, nothing much. How you doing? How's everybody doing out there? Oh, checking man. in. Everybody's all good. Everybody's all good, man. That was just, you know, talking about this thing here with with Kobe, man. Uh, you know, how he was adjusting after that first round, controlling the distance, you know, watching all the movements from Suleiman Sagawa, like backing backing up when he can, but just controlling the distance. And every time that Suleiman was throwing a jab, he was pretty much like out of range. But when he like opened himself up with the right, you know, with the right or whatever it was, like Kobe was able to pop him and then get himself, you know, out of the out of range and then out of the pocket. You know what I mean? So he was starting to get his groove, like he said, uh, there before you got on there, Coach Floyd, and then you know he had the uh, bad break about you know the thing with the accidental clash of heads. But you know sometimes that happens when you have an orthodox against the southpaw, man. Yep, yep, and that's that's what happens. Um, man, this is the second time it happened to us too. Last time, um, because Kobe was fighting off southpaw when it happened. The last fight was for three fights ago. With this fight, I mean. Like uh, Kobe said, you know, first round, he's pumped. He was so pumped, you know, and really it's, I, I knew he was going to come back, settle down, whatever, but he was yeah. just pumped. 
And um, after the first round, I was like, okay, now we can, you know, start going to work or start seeing his flaws, what he's doing, what he's not doing, you know. Mm-hmm. And, uh, yeah, we was really setting our game plan. And here goes the accidental headbutt, you know. And um, just when that happened, right after, I mean, we were just getting into the groove. And um, like I told, told you, I told everybody, when you step in the ring with a soldier, you're going to war. I mean, you got to stay close to the fight. Yep. You got to stay close to the TV. You got to feel yeah. a point. Look, anything is going to happen. It's a fight. It's war. Man, you know? Cool, man. Tell, man, you got people hitting me up and telling me from Barbados or ever, like, man, you should have just stick it easy on the first round. No, 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 no. I mean, <laughs> yeah, that, see, that's the thing. Even when people try to under, try to understand, because they were saying, um, you no, know, a lot of people was like, yo, we should let it, you know, go to the fourth round and take it easy. Nah, we go to war. You mm-hmm. never know what a guy has in his, you know, in his back pocket. You never know what the guy's gonna bring to the table. Mm-hmm. Let's say, I mean, even let's say he took it easy for the first or second round, just feeling the guy out or whatever. Okay. Yeah. Third, fourth round come around, might be a headbutt. Now they go to the scorecard. We're down on the scorecard. We lose the fight. Why? Because you're taking it easy. Now, we win every round. Every round is a fight. Every round is war. Every round, anything can happen. So, exactly. you know, would you step in the ring with the soldier? You got to be prepared to, I mean, protect yourself at all times. First of all, you know, I want to say, you know, I hope Suleiman and his family, first, Suleiman is okay. You know, injured. You know, we don't want to get injured in the ring. We don't want no headbutt. We don't want no falls. You know, we just want everybody to come out safe and healthy. You know, right. so you know, um, much respect to him and his family and his team. You know, but on the other hand, once we step in the ring, anything can happen. It could have been on the other end of that headbutt. So right, and I want him to to get better or help because. If they want to go to war, we can go to war. Oh, so and that's what you're saying. The rematch, you know. Yeah. I mean, rematch. February is the next um event that I think Star Promotion is going to be hosting. So yes, rematch. We it's on. We need a rematch. And if you don't want to take a rematch, we just got to go after somebody else for the title because the belt is Kobe. You know, we're going after the belt. That's all said and done. That's boom. And if he do rematch me. I, I he the first round he showed me everything he showed me he showed me look I yeah. seven stars the first round he showed me everything he got and I was like that's it so if you want to rematch it's gonna be better for me so soldier ready to go to war but if not we get somebody else no matter yeah yeah it was you know just disappointing because you were looking forward to the bout like i said i mean it was gonna be for that wbc continental america's title uh and you were pretty much like in the groove like i mean you know i, I was with you there after the fight you were like man you didn't even barely break, break a sweat out there you know what i'm saying so it was like it was crazy it was crazy because really this was our night to to show the world what we made of show yeah. the world you can do it, it was kind of disappointing that we weren't able to you know to take it all away and bring the title back but things happen when you go to war you know things happen that's why the mentality once you step in the ring it's like 
all hands on deck. Anything can happen. You got to mm-hmm. be prepared for every and anything. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and and that was the thing that you kind of like you know was was telling uh you know Kobe there in between rounds in the in the uh second you know before the second and third rounds is that you know you kind of you know look to see what uh Suleiman was doing, but it just looked like he was just standing there a whole lot of times and didn't really get his range down. You know when it came to you know throwing his throwing his jab, his right jab. So. Kobe was just, you know, like saying, okay, you're going to stay out there. All right, cool. I'm going to just sit here in the pocket, wait for you, wait for you. And then once you throw that jab, I'm going to come right back with the right hand. Boom. And then, yep. and then get out of the pocket. And that was pretty much, you know, most of what you were doing there because you you were controlling the, controlling the pace, moving around yeah. the ring well and all of that. Because, you know, like, of course, Roy said I got several styles. I could box you. I could go Toro. And, and – the difference between the difference, like I'm gonna tell you what it is, right? King Tug was my hardest pro fight, hands down. And look what I did with that, right? When I'm fighting somebody and I'm fencing them, Southpaw, off floor, no matter, and 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 they backing up, and I'm and I got them like each inching back, and they're actually fighting me off of them. You're not winning. See, we got ten <laughs> rounds. We got ten rounds to go to war. Ten rounds, man. You know what? Yeah. Wait, wait, wait. If you backing up, if you backing up, mm-hmm. I go to war. We going, to, I going to. Uh, if gonna go. Coming forward, I be, I'm boxing you like Muhammad Ali. You know what I'm saying? So, and I already showed that with King Tug. You know what I mean? If the tour ain't working, the boxing, um, the the um, minor gonna work. If the minor ain't work, the tour one of them gonna work. Trust me, one of them gonna work. I definitely don't want the tour to work. Not in the yeah. first round. You don't want it to work. And Willie, you didn't, you didn't, and the thing about it is, you know, people are saying to calm down, like you should have maybe calmed down. We wasn't even straight up aggressive. That was not even our Toro aggressive style. So I know Kobe is still attacking, but it wasn't like, like, uh, he could attack much harder than that if he wanted to, in other words. You know, the whole thing is, um, it's unfortunate, man. It's unfortunate. You know, things happen in boxing. Things happen when you go to war. And that's that's all we gotta say. Whenever you step hey, in the ring, I told you you gotta go be ready to go to war. Hey, 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 hey. This fight might make me a very different soldier. I, I so serious. Cause man, I, I swear to God, I feel like yo, I want yo want a rematch just because I didn't, you know, I just want to destroy this kid. Like destroy. <laughs> <laughs> move on because I don't want to leave. I want, I really want to leave. I don't want to leave nothing, but yeah, but me sparring me back, yeah, you know what? There were, there were some allegations too. I mean, yo, I don't know if you heard about it, uh, James, but um, you know, they were saying how uh, we sparred, there was some bad blood about the camps, and we worked together back in the day. We've never worked with this kid. I've mm. We work with a lot of guys, but you know what? I mean, this is a hype. They were hyping it up. You yeah, know? they were yeah. hyping it. Yeah, I mean, given that you know both both of you know both Kobe and Suleiman are like kind of like based a few miles from each other, that maybe they could have crossed paths as far as like yeah. spar. But yeah, that a, a lot of guys, a lot of different African guys. I can't now remember working with him, but it doesn't matter. I mean, he can get it. Anybody can get it. <laughs> you know, I up and get better. Let's get it. <laughs> yeah, talk. man. It, 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 yeah, that and that scene was a a pretty wild scene there, man. I mean, you had you know you you had a good amount of supporters from both sides. You know, for 
for the yeah. soldier out there and, and, and for uh Suleiman. Like I said, it was a good yeah. local local uh battle, you know. And I, I love I love that. I love like like everybody say, yeah, I, I was the favorite to win, but I felt I was the underdog, man. Just like when we <laughs> Just like when so we went, a lot of people there. He had a lot of supporters. Yeah, yeah. just like just like when we went to um uh, when we went to um New York when we fought King um uh, Titus Williams and he had all the people screaming. I love that one away. That made me that pumped me up. I made me like <laughs> you know just saying, right? Yeah, sometimes you know, being the being the road uh, like a road warrior of sorts, like you you don't really have that much pressure. All you gotta do is just do your thing, man. The more the pressure's on them when it's kind of like you know, it's in their hometown or whatever it is. So, uh, but you yeah, know, like, like you were saying, uh, Kobe, like you're ready to get back in the ring with them, you know, ASAP. Cause like yeah. you said, man, you were like in a groove and you were just about to get working. And I, I keep watching the tape over and over. I just watched the tape and the headbutt that's on his, that's on his behalf. I, he came in, he lunched in. I was going, I was throwing a body shot. He ran in. He came in while I was trying to do my punch. That's on him. So he need to figure out his stuff. And no matter what he try to figure out, we ready. Call it. You know what we call it? Unfinished business. So yes. rematch business never. Rematch is hopefully in February. We'll talk to the promoters. You know, we'll talk to Derek, co-manager, and um, unfinished business, man. That's all it is. Unfinished business. Yeah, yeah. How do you like it? Yeah, I know that uh yeah, Derek was, you know, uh talking with uh some of the rep representatives from the WBC to, you know, try to keep the thing where uh this could be, you know, re restarted or whatever it is, you know. Um, see like how, you know, the condition of um the cut is for Suleiman Sagawa so that, you know, once he gets cleared and everything like that, that it could be uh back in the camp and he could just uh redo this fight, you know. We do it. Unfinished business, man. Unfinished business. We got some business that we got to take care of. We got to finish up, and that's all it is. Mm -hmm. You know, um, for the crowd, for the fans. I mean, I mean, all of the fans were hype. One, one thing, one thing about the soldier, right? The soldier is a silent killer, right? The soldier go to war. I don't be on Instagram posting and shit. Listen to me as a true soldier, and I realize all this about my opponents, whoever I fought. They like to post little snippets, right? About yeah, my you would have get him, but listen, right? We know the truth. We got the whole two minutes of me. He getting us ass whooped and ten rounds. This was uh, I guarantee you, right? From watching this step, I was telling Floyd this fight was not going twelve rounds. Twelve. I mean ten. It wasn't going twelve. Yeah. No. Okay, I, I knew it wasn't. I mean, yeah. think about it too. It's like the first round. You know, both guys kind of straight up all their energy. You know. um, he was fighting a lot on the defensive with Kobe's pressing him. Second round, he's coming back and was in between the groove, you know, trying not to get trapped on the ropes, you know, because you saw when Kobe flipped off the ropes and when they throw the body punch at each other, then their head collided. Um, but the thing about it is we're just getting on our groove because right. you know, we're standing up in the corner in the second round. Our job is like, man, we, I don't even want you to sit down. Yes, just remember this. It's a reason. It's, it's a reason. It's the reason why King Tug don't want to rematch me. If King Tug, if because people was pressing, if King Tug feel like, man, this this is a little something lingering, but we let's do it back. He wouldn't accept. He accept. So Suleiman won't rematch me. He crazy. 
Let's go. Yeah, that's, that's the thing, man. I mean, after after that fight with King Tug, a lot of people wanted to see that ran back, you know, and it wasn't you know, ever revisited. King Tug the rematch. And and on top of that, like it's crazy that King Tug ended up being in his next fight at you know a higher weight class going up against Chris Colbert. For, exactly. for whatever reason, I have no idea why he did it, but maybe money, maybe they need some Christmas money or something. But that was crazy. But he could do his thing. All I'm saying right now is, yo, we're coming for this WBC Continental title. We're getting that title. We're going after some more titles, and, and that's just the way it is. You know, it's time. It's just title time. You know, um, unfortunate the the fans didn't get to see the whole show. The show got cut short because mm -hmm. of a headbutt. The show must go on. Unfinished business must happen, and that's the way it is. It's unfinished business, man. Yeah, and you know, even with um, you know, when when I was talking with y'all a couple weeks ago, um. You know, and I was saying like, okay, this is going to be a fight like, you know, about 13 months after, you know, his last pro fight. But, you know, like, you know, Soldier was saying then, I mean, I'm always in the gym. I always, you know, be ready, stay ready, you know, so I don't have to get ready. And wow. once he stepped in the ring, you you saw that he was pretty much, you know, right there in, in ring shape and doing the things in the ring like he was doing, you know, when he was, you know, active and everything like that. So, yeah. you know, kind of like attributes to you know, having that preparation, you know, 365 days of the year, you know, regardless, because you never know when that call comes. And, and, and me, if I do get the rematch, like, like, man, it just, like, I want it, because I want to score by Floyd over Norman. Oh, that's about the hour for the money lights. Yeah, it's, it's, it's been, it's been kind of difficult two days uh, yeah. after the fight. Yeah. Because it's like, Right now, the title's supposed to be home. You know, he's without the title on his waist, but it's it's like you got snuck away, man. It's like you know when you go to a show and the show somebody happened, the lights or something went off or the power went off, so the show couldn't happen. So you gotta wait another two months for the show. So the show must go on. I mean, like I said, we wish Suleiman a speedy recovery, please mm -hmm. recovery. And once he's done with that speedy recovery, let's do this rematch. Yeah, and I hope you bring more people here. All the Africans, bring all of them, so they can love me more. Like when I, <laughs> <laughs> he's stupid. If, uh, if, if 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 I even go and call you, I will call you. I don't mind. I don't yeah. call people, but he clapped. They say one remarks clap. Yeah, I, yeah, they did. They did bring a lot of supporters out there you know, from support. like you know uh, African supporters. Uh, he had like supporters coming from the gym that he that he was uh, you know out there and all the yeah, he's a trainer. Yeah, yeah. And, yeah, and hey, it, it still didn't matter, man. Like he, he really didn't seem like he had that much because I, what I was seeing there live was that, you know, once he got hit with the speed and power of Breedy, like his his whole like attitude changed he as far as like being aggressive. <laughs> he stopped yeah. jamming. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because uh, he was trying to go in and and try to come forward and jab, but then once he got hit with the counter, it was like, oh wait, uh, hold on a second. I might have to think twice about, you know, coming forward like that. But, you know, like y'all was saying, I mean, even if he, you know, tried to switch up, you still have another style that's, you know, out there ready for him. You know I, get, I ain't even get to go for him one yet, killer. <laughs> yeah. Seven forms, seven styles, man. He didn't even do his first styles. 
I ever get to use my Joe Fraser on him. Because when, when we say when we say seven stars is important, it's really important because it's like just having other ways to figure this. You got 10 rounds to figure out which way to go. And he's softball and like, you know what I'm saying? He's just he's trying to you know, figure you know, you know, you know what? You know what, Kobe? What it what it is is this, honestly. The next time we fight him, we're going straight top him. Make sure no headbutt. Make, make sure you get him. Then we might switch it. We might switch it after the fourth round or third round, you know? Yeah. So so he can don't worry about no more headbutts. We can we can fix that. Yeah, we can fix that. We go softball. Because you know that most softballs, they don't headbutt. Two orthodox really rarely headbutt, right? Mm -hmm. Southpaw and Orthodox fight, that's a head. Yeah. But because we have seven styles, really eight, nine, ten, Kobe will fight him in Southpaw. We'll fight him a different style. Yeah, yeah. You can fight him in Southpaw, but yeah, but even even with the thing with Orthodox and him coming in Southpaw, the thing was like Kobe already had the positioning because like you can see the foot position where you know he could get there on the outside and then time him right so that you know anytime like Kobe catches him. You know, he could like either step out of the pocket or just step forward and and then you know kind of like get him. You know what I mean? And that, I mean, he was starting to catch him with a right hand. I mean, if you notice, Kobe got him with about a few right hands and uppercuts. I'm, it's all time coming in because he comes. Yeah. Yep. And, and so it it was like, man, I and I kind of like was uh, kind of like disappointed after after the fight, man. I, you know, I was uh, talking with some folks. Uh, there after the fight, I ran into uh, you know, Cyrus, you know, Cyrus C man. Um, yeah, and he said, like, you know, like over in his corner, it seemed like they didn't really do nothing with the cut anyway, you know, no, no, nothing to try to, you know, stop it or whatever. I know the doctors, right? You know, to stop a fight, right? But a true warrior and a true soldier, you don't give a damn. I fought with one eye closed. The doctor called me when I fought King Tug. My eye was closed. I said, What? No, I opened it up. <laughs> Just for the war. Okay, okay. But here's something here's something that that I think even in even in boxing that people don't even really realize. The bell rings, you go to the corner, right? You have a cut man looking over the cut. Mm -hmm. His job is to close it up, right? Mm -hmm. Once you close it up, the bell rings. You go back out. The referee stops it. Then supposed to call the doctor to look at the cup. Mm -hmm. Then if it's not closed up properly, they stop it. They went to the corner and just stopped the fight. They didn't even give their cut man because they probably ain't had no cut man. The commentators even said, "Give they ain't give the dude a minute to work on the corner." Like, the, the, the thing. You know, they give no time to work on the cut. You know, like yeah. you know, like when hey, I think about it, James, you you realize that? Hey Floyd, hey Floyd, what you know? Hey, remember when I fought King Tug, right? And my eye was swollen up. They work on my eye. Then we went to the doctor, and the doctor was like, "Where well, you could go?" You know what I mean? The wrong finish. You know what I mean? Work, work it out, but. Nah, they didn't even do that. They, and the reason is he gets here and we're gonna run it back. Yeah. I mean, like initially after after they had the, the the thing after the head clash, he went to the corner and all he did was like pretty much like wipe him down, you know, in the in the pause and then when they when they like suspended it, you know, for, for them to look at for him to look at the cut. 
and it looked like, you know, he put like a towel and they rubbed it or whatever it was. And then they commenced to go through the rest of that round. And then when he came back, they really didn't do much of anything because like you didn't see no like thing where they could put Vaseline or try to, you know, close it up or anything like that. And then they just said, you know what? We're going to, we're going to say, no, nah, we're going to bring him back out there. But it's crazy because like you said, I mean, you know, Soldier was out there with a closed eye against King Tug. Of course, like people know about what happened with Tyson Fury and Otto Walling. And there's been like other instances, you know, where people have gone, you know, multiple rounds with the back cut. I mean, uh, yeah. what was it? Way back the in the day, fight. with Tyler Klitschko. It's a title fight. It's a title fight. Yeah. You know, it's only the second round. Come on. I mean, let's let's go. You know, it, it's a title fight. It's not. It's not just a, a two guys having their first fight in the ring. I know the job is to protect each other, to protect everyone. But the smart thing is, yo, you let the corner work on whatever cut it is in the corner. Let them come out. Then, if the referee and the you know the doctor want to see it, then not just you go in the corner, you shaking your head, you don't want to go no more. I mean, come on. Yeah. But, uh, hey, that's that's how the ball rolls. And like I said one more time. Once we go in the ring, we go in the war. Tell you, don't get on popcorns, don't go get on hot dogs, sit in your seat. Once we play the, the Bayesian music, mm-hmm. get ready to go to war. And, 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 and like I said, he showed me all he got. I already see whatever he think he got. So let's run it back. We're gonna see how really we gonna see how really they want how they really want it. Yeah, I mean, I, I know you definitely want to run it back with him. It's just that we got to see if his camp wants to, you know, go through the same thing again. Um, and, and like you said, I mean, if it's, you know, it's their schedule for February, you know, let's see if it, you know, schedule it for February. You got like about, you know, maybe about a month or six weeks to kind of like for them to evaluate uh, what's, what's up with that eye. And then if they say it's all clear, then. Yeah, they could just, you know, like you said, run it back in February or something like that. Mm-hmm. Yep. And that's where we at. Yeah, mm-hmm. man. So I want to thank all the fans. So listen, really, really, what I want to do, I want to thank all the fans for coming. I want to thank his fans for coming. I want to thank all of our fans, you know, in the U.S., Caribbean Islands, Barbados, Bahamas. Mm-hmm. You know, um, you know, guys supporting the soldier. Keep supporting the soldier. You know, my name, Coach Floyd, me and Derek. Uh, thank the promoters, you know, Rising Sun's promotion. Thank, thank millions, putting it on the air, you know. Just want to thank everybody for making us all possible, man. Mm-hmm. You know. Yeah, I mean, you had, uh, thank like you, you said, the man. Thank you, uh, Star. Thank you guys, too. Yeah, thanks for Oh, yeah, no doubt, no doubt, no doubt, man. I mean, you had, like, a, you know, great, great little presentation there. Um you know, over at the Entertainment and Sports Arena in Washington, D.C., uh, you know, um, led by Rising Star Promotions. Um, of course, I uh, had our guy there, Derek Curry, uh, from Mayweather Promotions out there. Uh, that was, you know, uh, their ringside, which is, well, you know, so he, I mean, like, he's seen firsthand about, you know, what was going down, too. So, um, like, overall, it was a great scene to have there, in the, you know, in the local D.C. area. It's just that, yeah, that was just a really uh, – tough situation uh what happened there you know but like you said you definitely ready to run it back you know because like, like soldier was saying that man like he said man i'm ready to go out there for another fight uh, yeah all right 
I'm still at wait. <laughs> but like we, we said, man, once you go to war, anything can happen in war. Just be ready. Just be ready. Just be ready. Exactly, yeah. exactly. Exactly, man. But big thanks for uh Kobe and Soldier Breedy and his trainer coach for Seymour for coming in here to talk about, you know, what we're down on Friday night. And we definitely would look forward to seeing you. Let's say February, man. February is next. Hey, but listen, listen. Also, I got I forgot. I spent a uh, good shout out to my man, um, uh, Jaleel Hackett. He did his thing too, man. Nice two and zero, making a rise, man. That's our man, Jaleel Hackett. Keep making it happen, big guys. Oh yeah, no doubt, no doubt. That's your shout out to my man. Yep. Sorry right there, man. Uh, like okay. I said, uh, thanks uh, for joining us here, man. And uh, we'll catch y'all uh, later, man. Appreciate All it. Right. All right, Kobe, Kobe, hold on, Kobe. You have any special shout-out real quick? I redid my shout-out. Well, shout-out to my people from DMV. Shout-out my man, Promotion. Shout-out for everybody that came out and supported me. People from Barbados, the government, everybody supporting me. I want to give you all a shout-out and thanks. And thanks to Source for making, giving me this interview. Shout-out to him. Oh, also the group that's singing the national anthem from Barbados. Sister, uh, Rashawn and her group coming out and singing the Barbados national anthem. My guy Kenny from the gym that came out and sang the American national anthem, and I also want to give a shout out to my little brother for doing good things at the World Games. He going to the second round, he in the melee round, want to make it happen. Want to shout him out, you know? Bait the Breedies on that. The Breedies about to make history. The Breedies about to make this money. Let's go. <laughs> That's what I'm talking about. That's what I'm talking about. All right, all right. Big thanks to y'all, man. Check y'all later. Woo. All right, all right. Yeah, man. Uh, so that's that's what's up, man. Uh, you know, the uh, definitely the team there of uh, Kobe and Soldier Breedy and Coach Floyd Seymour. Uh, thank them once again for checking in, uh, as they were you know, uh, part of that Beltway Battles card that was in uh, Washington, D.C. on Friday night. Um, and like I said, I mean, it was uh. Uh, a tough uh, little break there for him uh, as, you know, he was, you know, definitely putting in work against Suleiman Sagawa uh, there for those first few rounds. Uh, but, you know, a uh, cut that was suffered, you know, on the eye of uh, Suleiman Sagawa uh, forced the uh, fight to be, uh, you know, put to a halt. And it ended up being a technical no decision uh, there. So, uh, they're going to see about you know, running that back since it was like a title fight, uh, WBC Continental America's featherweight title. Um, and you just uh, see if um, Suleiman Sagawa would be cleared, you know, after, you know, about a couple uh, weeks or a few weeks or so, probably uh, going to get stitched up or whatever it is, and then see if they, uh, you know, heal uh, in time for them to schedule another bout between the two. So, I'm definitely uh, going to see uh, what happens with that. Um, also, uh, you know, as mentioned by Coach Floyd Seymour, uh, you had Jaleel uh, Major Hackett uh, that was uh, that opened the main card uh, there for Beltway Battles. Uh, that was like around uh, a little bit after 9 p.m. Eastern time uh, when they did that, uh, and he was going up against Latory Woodbury. Um, Tory Woodbury uh, had about uh, 14 pro fights, uh, was uh, there with the record of two wins, 10 losses, and two draws. Uh, Jaleel Major Hackett, of course, had his first uh, professional fight 
in Miami uh, as part of that uh, Mayweather Paul card uh, that was there uh, during the summer. Um, and he had a first round knockout then. And uh, here he had another uh, first round uh, knockout um, over Latori Woodbury. It was pretty much a, a uh, thing where he went to the body um, and uh, Latori Woodbury just couldn't really uh, take those shots to the body. Uh, ended up being a pretty much a TKO, three knockdowns scored uh, before the referee had uh, put a stop to that bout uh, there with like was about like around a minute left or so. Uh, but, you know, um, Jaleel Hackey was able to, you know, perform in front of uh, his hometown uh, there in Washington, D.C. He's from Washington, D.C. Uh, so, you know, big ups to him, big ups to his uh, father and trainer. Uh, there, Bernard Hackett, um, you know, who I also uh, talked with uh, for a little bit uh, over there. But I do have like a uh, small uh, interview with Jaleel Hackett after his win over Latory Woodbury uh, that is available on the uh, YouTube page. Um, so you could definitely, you know, uh, check that out. Uh, you also had, um, you know, guys uh, coming from the Baltimore area. Uh, that did kind of like show out, uh, including Dominique Crowder, uh, who scored a knockout victory over Ira Terry. Uh, you also had um, being there with uh, Christopher Arnold uh, that did score, you know, pretty much like a first-round knockout victory over Cherick Maven. Uh, Malik Titus scored a first-round knockout victory over Jacob Hadler. Um, but in the cold feature, uh, to beltway battles, um, as you did have the long-standing veteran, former world champion Demarcus Chop Chop Corley, uh, there uh, as he went and he was like involved in his 86 professional fight, 86, 86 pro fights for Demarcus Chop Chop Corley. Uh, and he went through eight rounds with Linwood Dozer um, and, you know, scored a unanimous decision victory over Linwood Dozer uh, to, you know, have himself uh, 52 professional wins, 52 of them. Uh, and uh, he, he did also uh, say after that bout that uh, for the next um, – for the next event that they have in D.C., that he wants to step in the ring with Jaleel Major Hackett. Um, so you might see <laughs> you might see Chop Chop Corley uh, in there with Jaleel Major Hackett uh, sometime uh, real soon. So uh, that's uh, definitely something to like kind of see there, as, as you know that uh, Chop is you know from uh, Washington D.C. And you have, of course, a young signee for uh, Mayweather Promotions, Jaleel Major Hackett from Washington, D.C. himself. Uh, so uh, definitely uh, going to be looking out for that uh, sometime soon. Uh, but you know, with that, uh, we got like more content uh, or news as, you know, we did have uh, action that did take place on Saturday. Um, yeah, might like go over what happened over in the U.K. or maybe not depends 
but I wanted to focus on what happened over in Las Vegas, or as I say, Las Vegas, Nevada, uh, as you had, of course, people looking forward to what was going to happen with Jerron Boots Ennis in his fight against Thomas DeLorme. Uh, he had come into the bout with 27 wins, zero losses, and 25 knockouts. Uh, but then uh, he had this uh, fight against Thomas DeLorme. But want to uh, bring in a guest here that, you know, wants to chime in on the boxing action. Uh, shout out to Box Learner in the building. What's happening with you? Uh, nothing much. I just saw that you went live. Yeah, 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 man. Um, you know, I had uh, you know, uh, my guy uh, Kobe and Soldier Breedy, who you know had his fight last year against uh, Tusuk Yambayar. I uh, had a very close fight with uh, him, and then uh, he had just uh, came off of a fight on Friday night, but it ended up being like a no decision because uh, of accident on head. But but they want to definitely run it back again because uh, it would be for a version of a. WBC title, so they definitely want to see if they can get back in on February. But wanted to jump in this thing here with uh, what happened in Las Vegas, man. Um, Jerome Bucinas against Thomas Lorme, and um, man, that was just quick work, man. It was easy. Yep. It looked like easy work for for Bucinas, and um, he scored two two knockdowns. Um, first one, you know, he pretty much caught. Uh, Delorme with the right hand while Delorme was ducking down, and Delorme went down to the canvas. He got up, but then, uh, you know, he Boots did get caught with a couple of shots after that knockdown, but then yep. came back with the left-right-left -left combination to put uh, Delorme down once again, and Delorme just didn't get up after that. And so yep. that's another knockout victory there for Jerome Boots in his 26 knockouts in 28 fights. That's one of the highest, uh, higher KO ratios out there in the sport of boxing there, man. Yeah, that's true. But, you know, they're saying that uh, they said that uh, he, he wants to fight Spence next. I think uh, if if they, that they should do that with the number one in the IBF, who, the, the uh, Kujatillo guy. Yeah. And uh, have them fight since Porter is already uh, about to fight Crawford. And if he can beat that guy, then he should be able to fight Spence. Yeah. But that guy's been Earl's mandatory for a while, though. Kudra, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, they've been putting him on ice for a good mm. little bit there, man. A good little bit. Hello. You know. Um, also joining in the conversation is uh, my man, uh, Mike G. Man. Mike, you should be over at the Braves game, man. They about to clinch. I think they about to win. Hold on. Let me see something. Unless the Astros are cheating again. Uh, like, I, I'm surprised he ain't out there in the, out there in the uh, stadium, man. It's about to be rocking if they, uh, you know, get themselves another win here. So, yeah, that thing about to jump off. What's up, Mike? Not much. Yeah, man, I was uh, out of town this weekend. So, I, you know, it, that does sound like a good idea. You know, putting COVID aside, but um, yeah, I'm just kind of tired, so I'm chilling out with you, man. Yeah, I feel you. I feel you, man. Um, what you think about this thing uh, from from uh, Boots in this man? Uh, before you know, I get something here from uh, what what Delorme's team is is going to do. I mean, 
speed kills. Speed kills. And then when you have someone who has speed and intelligence, that's tough to beat. Um, you know, when you saw him throwing the punches, uh, he, he, he was throwing shots to sort of set up other shots and quite naturally it didn't last long, but you know, he was he was doing things to test um Delormain's reaction. <laughs> and he was very responsive early. And then I think Delorme thought he was gonna throw a uh, a jab like he was doing. Mm-hmm. And then he like did one of them Golovkin type hooks. And it hit him closer to the top of the head, right? Yeah, it was pretty much like around the, around his ear near the top of his head or whatnot. You know, like people are, you know, kind of like try to uh, maneuver it like it was behind the head or whatever it is. But that's more of like, you know, what uh, Delorme was doing was he was trying to duck down below the punch. Uh, but it just ended up to where, you know, he just got hit hit pretty flush on that joint, man. Yeah. And then, like, once I just started thinking about it, every shot that he was throwing that, um, what's his name, was throwing that, that wasn't, like, wild and rushed, he was landing on those shots. When I looked at the the first time when I saw, like, the, the eventual, like, second lockdown where he hurt him and he landed all three or four of those punches, I was like, dang. And, you know, it, they was all speedy, you know, which which converted to power. I was just like, man, you know, it would have been great to see it go a little bit longer to see him put on a, a show and, you know, show off his skills. But, yeah, I, I agree with uh, Boxing Learner. You know, I, I don't know how the number one guy in the IBF is. I, I haven't watched him myself. But I think before Spence would even consider giving him an audience, I know it's not Spence's call. But yeah, they should should make him go against something like one of the top two or three in whatever division that he ranked in, whatever uh you know belt or whatever that he ranked in. Mm-hmm. So I think that's a good idea. But yeah, the man's talented. Um, yeah, he's talented. I mean, I, I, it'd be interesting to see when he does face adversity how how he responds. I know he had a fight where I think he got caught. In one of his earlier fights, if I recall, it was either him or, or Fulton got caught. But, uh, yeah, I think he responded pretty well. One of his fights, he had sort of like a lackluster coming out. But then after that, he just went back to business. Yeah, I mean, it's like for me, I, I thought it was going to be uh, some some sort of a mismatch or whatever it was, uh, given that Delorme had been part of the uh, card. Um, you know, again, where um, Boots had his last win against Sergey Lipinets, you know, he he um, you know, ended up losing a fight against Ian Stanionis, who you know is now kind of like set up the face of your Dennis Ugas for Ugas's WBA title. Um, but he he lost to Stanionis, he lost to Jamal James, who you know was part of this card that happened on Saturday, uh, but. You know, when when I was talking with, um, you know, um, Boots's uh, coach, his father, Boziennis, um, like they've been saying for a while, like, you know, it's kind of like tough for, you know, them to match up 
uh, boots against these guys that are, you know, ranked higher than them, you know, with like, you know, high risk, low reward. Um, and that, you know, his standing in the in these uh, rankings, whether it's the IBF, WBA or WBO or whatever, like a lot of those guys seem like they are passing on fighting boots in this. And, you know, maybe with that thing with the uh, Tio, like maybe they tried to set something up with them, you know, but it just didn't happen because, you know, maybe they just felt like, uh, you know, they didn't want to lose that spot, you know. So I'm like, <laughs> what else is there going to be, you know, for uh, Boots in this after this? Because, you know, like uh, I think, uh, like you said, Boxer Learner, with uh, Crawford facing Porter, like that number two spot's going to end up being vacant regardless. So um, they're going to have to do something as far as like, hey, where, where are they going to position uh, Boots in this to, you know, kind of like fight uh, these other guys? You no, know, even though uh, Boots did say after the fight that he does want to go after Errol Spence. I, I know that he named all the top guys that are out there, the Crawfords, the Thurmans, and all of that. But he said, like, hey, I'm I'm ranked, you know, high in the IBF, so let's go for Errol Spence, you know? And it's funny because, you know, Abdul Kakarov is there at number one, and he, he fought, like, back in March, but they haven't had anything else for him since. And so it's, like, going to be interesting what they're going to do uh, going into next year is if Errol Spence is not able to get the fight against your Dennis Ugas for you know, those belts, then are they going to try to honor that mandatory? They should. They should. should. Spence hasn't fought a mandatory in a while. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, (laughs) shoot. Like, I think it was, uh, (laughs) what, back in 2018 or something like that, where he had the fight in in, uh, Texas. Well, that wasn't Dallas. That was Frisco. You know, uh, where he just uh, watched that guy like one round. Yeah, 2018 against Carlos Ocampo. So, like, he's fought, you know, Mike Garcia in the voluntary defense and then uh, Sean Porter in the unification and then Danny Garcia. So, it was going to be Manny Pacquiao, but, you know, that kind of like fell through. So, um, so that was like, okay, if he doesn't fight Ugas, then what, what's going to be his next option, you know? That's the thing I'm looking for, because, like, everybody's talking about, oh, now, you know, Boots is trying to have a beeline for Errol Spence. But who knows if uh, Errol Spence will, you know, you know, try to go after that, even though he said, like, when he comes back, he wants no tune-ups. But I think he's more of, like, trying to say, okay, is he going to go after, you know, Ugas or maybe the Crawford Porter winner? Um, and then after that, probably move up. Because his plan was to try to get about a couple more fights in to see about getting the undisputed at welterweight and then move up to 154. But, you know, with this, you know, the injury that took him out of the Pacquiao fight, um, and now he's going to be inactive for, you know, over a year it's going to be um, once he gets back into the ring. So what what's going to be out there for him? If he doesn't get your Dennis Ugas, is he going to go after the Crawford Porter winner? I mean, he could fight Keith Thurman. That's Ugas, Thurman, Crawford Porter. Them the only people that 
if I was his team, I would be interested in him fighting. And the only reason why I would be interested in fighting Ugas is because Ugas has a title. Yes. Yep. That's the thing about Ugas it. That's nice, the only but, thing. That's the, like for many people think that uh, your Dennis Ugas like holding the title is the only thing that like kind of like brings him into the fight against uh, Errol Spence. If Ugas didn't have the title, then I don't think Spence would be interested in it. You know, uh, like if yeah, if he if he didn't necessarily have that belt, um, you know, that kind of like would have kind of like uh, just said, hey, uh, Ugas is just you know another guy that's there uh, in the welterweight division. So you know, what's the point of me fighting him? I really wouldn't get much out of fighting him from you know a financial standpoint. Um, you know, people would be more interested in uh, me if I was Earl Spence. They'd be interested in either a Porter rematch or against Terrence Crawford, or against Keith Thurman. You know, like you were saying, Mike, those are pretty much the three best options uh, there at welterweight for uh, Errol Spence. And with him having these injuries and these setbacks, it might be a little bit tougher for him to try to get down to 147 at this point, too. That's one thing to kind of, like, consider is maybe he doesn't really have that much longer to get down to 147 before he says, hey, I'm going to have to go up to 154. I think Ugas is probably out of the higher, highest ranked guys. He probably the most one who would be prone to fight um, Boots Ennis, just you know because of the stature in compare in comparison to the rest of the guys. I don't think he would like it, but I think he would probably be the one who most prone to fight Boots. Yeah, yeah, I would think so. I would think so. Um... Yeah, just see if uh, you know they would try to get that fight going if he still has to go um, commit to the thing for the WBA, uh, which I'll talk about uh, here. But yeah, that that could be a possible option there for uh, your Dennis Ugas. But uh, he does have this, like I said, he does have that ordeal with the WBA, which uh, the main event over there in Las Vegas uh, was part of with the thing with uh, Jamal James against Raza Butayev. And, uh, and man, and I, I, I'll admit it, I wasn't really, you know, kind of like looking forward to this particular bout uh, between these two guys. But, you know, for those uh, first four or five rounds or so, those guys were getting at it, you know. Um, you had Jamal James. He was, you know, mixing up a little bit with the jabs and a couple power shots and landing a few uppercuts uh, there once uh, Butaev was getting close to him, but Butaev was just coming forward, coming forward and taking all of those shots. And by the time he got in range, he was going to work uh, on Jamal James with a lot of body shots and coming uh, upstairs. And and after about, you know, six six rounds or so, you kind of like things, things started to shift over are uh, there towards Butaev because I, when I was looking at it live, I was like, yeah, Jamal James is like landing a good amount of shots on Butaev, but there had been nothing that Jamal James was throwing that had really affected Butaev and, and him moving forward. And so if he, he couldn't do much of anything, then, you know, the, the tie was going to change into in Butaev's favor. 
And, you know, while Butai was just like going to work in the in those last couple of rounds in the seventh and eighth round, he you know pretty much had the uh, momentum going into the ninth. And, you know, after about, you know, a little bit of a combination, uh, the referee Celestino Ruiz stepped in and stopped the bout, uh, <laughs> given giving Butai have a TKO win, you know, even though it didn't really seem like Jamal James wasn't that much trouble. Um, but it just like looked like Butai was about to, you know, really get himself in the gear. And uh now you got Butai with that WBA uh regular title and he's there at like 14 and 0. And he awaits the winner of your Dennis Ugas uh versus Iamana Sanionis uh there. So they potentially could consolidate uh that WBA title, but it was a good performance there by Raza Butaev. And um, you know, Jamal James just, you know, looked like he couldn't really do much to affect Butaev uh, over the course of those rounds. He was fighting very good, but it was just that nothing he was throwing was really affecting Butaev in there, man. Like he had no type of power whatsoever to uh, keep Butaev honest or anything like that. Um, what were y'all uh, thoughts about that fight? Well, I only saw some of the highlights, but from what it seems like, from what you say, it seems like the the highlights pretty much are what, what happened in the fight. You know, um, you know, Jamal James started out real strong. His jab was working real good for him. He was catching Butai up with some shots, and uh, he there was one where he landed like three uppercuts. And after that, you know, Butai started going to the body. And you could tell that he was physically hurt. And there were some low blows in there, a couple of low blows, but mainly to the body. He was, he was really hurting to the body. And uh, he started throwing these weird combinations that really caught this caught uh, Jamal off guard. And uh, after that, Jamal just seemed to get tired, and he should start. And then the guy should start going to work on him. And then he, when they stopped the fight, he looked tired than me. And he, I think he was start, He was bleeding, so I was okay with it. And it seemed I was looking at the crowd, and a lot of people look. It seemed like it was mixed. A couple of people were very happy that the fight was stopped, and some people were, were were not happy. Yeah, I mean, like Jamal James did look a little bit exhausted there, but yeah, it was just that it didn't look like he was seriously hurt. Um, but you know, he just looked very, very tired in there. Um, and Butaev just didn't look like he was re ready to stop anytime soon or it almost probably not at all. Uh, so it was just that the referee, I guess, kind of like looked at uh, Jamal James and just saw like him getting, you know, I guess beat up a little bit too much to his liking. And so uh, Celestino Ruiz just stepped in and, and put a stop to that bout. And so you know, now Butaev uh, moves forward, and I guess he'll see what happens, uh, you know, with uh, um, your Dennis Ugas. Uh, if he doesn't end up fighting Errol Spence uh, with the unified titles on the line, then uh, Ugas will end up fighting Sanionis. Well, according to the WBA, that's what they want. Um, yeah. And so... I think that's stupid. That should be, that should be Virgil versus uh, um, Dennis Ugas, because Virgil has a, a version of the WBA title. Gold title, I believe. Uh, I think they, I think they abolished all of those gold titles. Like they yeah. abolished the gold title, they abolished the interim title. Um, and 
they really didn't kind of like make a decision on the thing for a gold title, uh, if I'm not mistaken, for those that were holding uh, that gold title in those divisions, whether they would go against, you know, the, you know, the world champion or, or the super champion or anything like that. They just, you know, abolished it and just did away with it and said, oh, well, yeah, it was just uh, one of those titles. Um, but yeah, uh, the thing with Virgil Ortiz is, you know, given his situation, he's kind of sitting really good uh, in the rankings uh, there for 147 pounds, too. So uh, he does like have a good amount of options, uh, but we might see uh, something um, uh, there next for uh, Virgil Ortiz. But yeah. uh, big, big, big win for uh, Raja Butaya there yep. uh, for him to move forward, though. Yeah. You know, I think he was in a fight with this guy named Biz Putin. He had lost. Yeah. Yep. But the guy had popped hot, so they 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 made the fight a no contest. So he yep. he, got, he was he was back to under be undefeated. Yep. Yeah, because uh, yeah, he had lost. You know, by unanimous decision initially, uh, but then um, you know, they just took it back because uh, you know, the whole dirty test there by this Biz Putin. But I want to bring in uh, another guest in the building. You know him, I know him, the whole world knows who he is. The man, the myth, the legend, the former president of the Deontay Wilder fan club, Mr. Matthew Brown, is in the building from the Boogie Down Bronx. What's up? Yo, these intros are starting to get better and better every week, man. I feel welcomed on this show. <laughs> Notice he said former. He, yeah, he, gave, no, you, he gave you the best intro when he said former. That is true. That is true. <laughs> it's almost as if he just, he just, he just so happy that 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 Wilder lost and I lost, you know. But I got news for you, Jr. When Wilder lost, we all lost. America lost. Okay, Africa lost. Okay. We all shed a tear, yes. man. <laughs> yes, yes, I still shed a tear every day for my brother. The bronze baller, Deontay Wilder. It is day. <laughs> but what have you guys uh, been talking about so far? Man, I ain't got a chance to listen in yet because I uh, had my daughter's birthday party. Yeah. And then I had like a work emergency that I had to rush down here to work. And now I'm ending the night at the bar. So. Once again to the bar. Yeah, man. This no the snow bunny crisis of 2021 continues. <laughs> <laughs> What's the crisis? What's the crisis? I'm getting addicted. <laughs> hey, don't ride that white horse. <laughs> oh, no. Nah, come on, man. No, 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 no. No, 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 no. I'm messing with you. Oh, man. Nah, we, we start off uh, here with... Um, uh, the thing for what happened in Las Vegas with, uh, you know, Boots blowing out Delorme and then mm -hmm. the thing with uh, Jamal James uh, just getting broken down by Boutaya. Yeah, uh, Shango. Dirty, dirty D whooped his ass. Yeah, Dirty D whooped his ass, man. Oh, man. Paul, Did he Paul, come in Paul, there with Paul a Khabib James. wig? <laughs> yeah. Oh! I I'm going to be in the city that finally wins something. I left Tampa Bay and they started winning. Hey man, be like that sometimes. That must mean that you're the black cloud. I'm the what? You're the black cloud. I don't know what that is. You're a loser. 
you oh, no. lose wherever you go. Oh no! Oh no! Yeah. Oh no! I'm I'm a winner. The uh the winner circle, circle <laughs> of winners. Oh <laughs> uh, well, the circle of discipline didn't work for Jamal James last night because he got his ass smoked. Man. Like, wow! From the fourth round on, <laughs> he wasn't in that fight at all. Nope. Like he couldn't do nothing to keep that guy off of him, and it seemed to me like he was getting hit. With the same shots over and over and over again. Yep. And you know, I'm I'm not gonna try to start any trouble, but if you listen to his post fight interview, the first thing he said was inactivity. And we know that this has been a common refrain uh for the media, boxing media when it came to PBC and the way that their fighters fight, that these guys take too long out of the ring and they're not sharpening their skills. Uh, do we think Jamal James is going to be more active now or do we think he's going to be on that same I'm only fighting once or twice a year shit? Well, I don't I don't know. Um, I think that, you know, maybe they could try to do something for Jamal James uh, in the next uh you know, four or five months or so, if they mm-hmm. could, you know, bring him back and have him have a fight in Minnesota, because that was uh, one of the things that, you know, people were talking about a reference to this fight was that why couldn't they have, you know, him fighting in Minnesota uh, here to, you know, defend this title? Well, remember, he was supposed to fight in Minnesota and his co-feature was supposed to be Fundora versus Garcia. Mm-hmm. But then when Tyson Fury allegedly caught COVID that sent the whole PBC schedule, schedule. into flux. Yeah. And he was one of the casualties of the schedule. So they ended up uh I believe it was uh God who fought that Minnesota card. Wasn't even a Minnesota fighter. But they moved a different card to Minnesota. They ended yeah. up moving him later to Vegas, which in hindsight was a big mistake. Yeah. Because if they they would have kept him on that Minnesota card. Oh, I get that. Uh, you like off and on. Because the fight would have already taken place. Oh, I'm well, sorry, oh no, you I'm, think they should have kept on, the date? Yeah, they should have kept the date because then the WPA wouldn't have been able to make those rulings that they made. Yeah. Yeah. They kind of like force their own hand by doing the stuff that they oh, did. Man, they you can't hear me? Yeah, uh, like you were like off and on. Oh, I apologize. Um, right now <laughs> I'm in the air. I'm on uh, I'm on the highway, like trying to cross over into the ah, I feel you. And it's like, hey. and it's like in the air. Ah, I feel you, man. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, they. Yeah, they kind of like uh, had to do this whole thing, uh, maneuvering these schedules. Um, you know, the whole thing with, like you said, with the thing for uh, Fury Wilder. Um, you know, you also had like other uh, fights that had to be rescheduled too. Um, you know, Fulton Figueroa rescheduled. Mm-hmm. Uh, the uh, Benavidez uh, fight was rescheduled, you know. Uh, um, yeah. That, so, yeah. What happened with that fight with the EPO? Uskatagi, man, that's crazy. <laughs> yeah, that that that's kind of that's kind of wild there. With is that. anyone surprised though? 
Probably you ain't cheating not. if you ain't trying. I mean, hey, like it, like well, someone like said in the tweet, it was like, or uh, yeah, in the tweet or a post or something, it's like, wait a minute. Uskatagi gets popped and, and he, he gets scratched from the car, but Oscar Valdez gets popped and he's still able to fight. Yeah, well, PBC, listen, they learned from the Eric Morales mistake that they made years ago in the Danny Garcia fight. I don't think you're ever going to see them allow someone who popped for PEDs to, to, to have their fight go through. Yeah. But what's interesting. And this is this is why I always praise the WBC. Okay, Uskatagi was not in the WBC rankings before, so he was not subject to the clean boxing program. Mm. But since they wanted to make that a title eliminator, they put him in the rankings. He was subject to the random drug testing, yeah. and they caught him. Remember, he used to fight solely for the IBF, yep. which has no type of year-round random drug testing program. So shout out to the WBC once again for keeping the sport safe and clean. I know they're not always consistent, for but catching. at least they are catching people and trying to do something with the sport. For catching somebody who's an amateur at, at uh, pharmaceutical engineering, how do we know he's an amateur? Because you got to understand something. When you fight for the IBF and you fight for the WBO, you're only getting tested fight night. You're not getting tested um, in the lead up to the fight. Right. Yeah. Unless so, you're fighting in, because Vegas has uh, the random test once you sign the contract. Yep. So these guys theoretically could be doing, they, be, they could be doing whatever the hell they want. But they can't do that with the WBC because the WBC has that clean boxing program. Let me and tell you who's not an amateur. Huh? Let me tell you who's not an amateur. Say Canelo, please. Well, Canelo, obviously, but that's that's like a given. But um, Manny Pacquiao. Oh, my God. Yo, you love. A few. <laughs> well, well, all right, be honest. Why do you think Manny Pacquiao was on PEDs? Why do I think he was? Yeah. I think that the way he fought in his career, uh, I don't know how many years ago when he was active, but there was a time in his career when he was fighting the likes of, um, I would have to go to his box rec to see. Hassan 3K Battery? <laughs> Who? Yeah, he's yeah, exactly. Look at the box rec. You'll see what I mean. All I know is the way he fought was a lot different energized you know versus how he fight now yes he's an older man but his um like his ability to get stronger and faster in his fights while going up different divisions is something that is unusual i mean you could say that he's not draining himself but you know a smaller man who's who's getting bigger also keeping speed and keeping and and getting more powerful is just really strange and then now when he is on a program that tests him at a certain frequency all them knockouts that he used to get stop happening but once he really getting knockouts 
we 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 know Ricky Hatton, but who else did he knock out? Man, I don't feel like looking at the man box rack. I, it ain't it ain't worth it that much to me. <laughs> yeah, he was getting stopped. Just, but I don't remember him getting knockouts. You said he was getting stopped. You know, stop could be a, from an accumulation of punishment. Well, that's the same to me. That's like, not the same as knocking niggas out. Okay, it's different, but I'm saying he's getting stoppages. He's winning fight by TKOs versus not winning them by TKOs. And 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 being close in fights hey, to he couldn't stop Keith Thurman if Keith Thurman wasn't such a gangster. Because mm. Keith Thurman looked like he was ready to go when that body shot hit him. I don't know. I still don't know how he how he stayed on his feet. Because he looked like like he was giving birth when when Manny hit him to the body. I mean, that's obviously his, his Achilles heel, which is why I don't think it would be so bad for Errol Spence to fight Keith Thurman. If his game plan was just to go to the body, because I think that would be a tough fight for Keith Thurman for anybody that Keith Thurman fight who just you know solely sort of go to the body. Yeah, but can Errol Spence handle that heat that Keith Thurman got? I don't know. I know if he jab, he'll be more prone to, and you know Keith Thurman his shots aren't straight; they're sort of looping. Which, yeah, if you throw yeah. straight shots, you'll get to the to the point faster than him, and you'll you'll land. Now you do have to be wary of those shots because I mean he does he could get you going out, yeah, or yeah. He, he can land some. But I mean if you if you hitting him before he hitting you, and then you are able to cover up like Errol Spence do. Way back when I I was favoring Keith Thurman, but now you know you see people's tendencies. I favor Errol Spence in terms yeah, yeah, yeah. of Keith Thurman. Is what? Yeah, that's true. We don't know how that will respond. Y'all don't know at this point. This, uh, which is why it's interesting. I mean, outside of the people that he would be more prone to fight, and they obviously won't let him fight Ugas. So. Yeah, man. Yeah, man. Well, let's get back to boots. Yeah. What do we uh, think is next for Boots at this point? They won't put him up against Cuchitillo. Um So, I mean, that they, they're, they're going to have to do something. I mean, I know that they're, they're trying to, you know, feature him there on Showtime. Um, I don't know, man. They might end up having him fighting like a Rashidi Ellis or uh freaking um. No. Yeah, I know. But but what else? But what else is out there for him? Like, are they gonna put him in there against Virgil like, Ortiz? What? No, they ain't gonna do that. They ain't gonna do that at this point. They should, Listen, but they won't. Oscar is coming home. I'm telling you. If he does and, and he makes this fight, then props to him. But like, they, they, I, I think, I still think that they're trying to build that fight. Like as the next fight for one forty seven. Um that fight but, if they if they his, it, it's not happening in one forty seven. Yeah, and it, but that's the thing too, is that right now the way the situation is, like one one of these guys or both have to be in position for a world title fight uh next yeah. year. There's like no no other way around it because that where they're positioned at in these rankings like they're gonna have to, you know, kind of like force it. So, 
like in reference to thing with Virgil Ortiz, what may end up happening is they might try to uh, say something about the WBC because the WBO will be pretty much honored uh, November 20th. So he'd have a whole year uh, to wait on for that. But the a WBC, whole year plus Josh Taylor. Yeah, plus Josh Taylor. Exactly. So you have the WBC route. And so would he try to, you know, get something with the WBC route? Uh, probably. And if you and if you are kind of correct on this thing with um, Oscar, Virgil Ortiz versus Errol Spence in Texas. Mm, big money. Yep, exactly. Because the thing with the Errol Spence was either he would go up to 154 and... Uh, you know, try to get something in there with um, with Castano, but the Castano fight against Charlo ended in a draw. So, mm-hmm. you know, that kind of like delays things for that plan. So, why not try to get something where he goes up against Virgil Ortiz? You know? Yeah. Uh, it seems like Aaron Spence doesn't want to tune up. Yep. So, I'd be interested to see fights. He should, honestly, he should fight Keith Thurman. That was a great shout out by Mike Grady. He really needs to fight Keith Thurman next. Yeah, he does. You know, for you know, for all it's worth, I think Keith Thurman is the the uh, biggest uh, you know the biggest draw that he could get. And you know, before you got on, you know, we were talking about you know the possibility of uh, Errol Spence fighting your Dennis Ugas, but the only thing with your Dennis Ugas is he has the belt. If he didn't have the belt. Would he really be, you know, interested in fighting your Dennis Lucas? I don't know. Yeah, it is close. You know? So, uh, what, uh, Barcelona, you had something uh, you were going to add to that? About what? What are you saying? Uh, uh, the situation there with uh, Errol Spence and um, Virgil Ortiz. Mm, nah, uh, I think that fight's uh, at least a year away, in my opinion. Hmm. I mean, I feel like it should be a year away, too. But, you know, like I said, the situation with these rankings pretty much like have, you know, uh, Errol Spence and uh, Virgil Ortiz in the crunch. Like there isn't anything else for Virgil Ortiz to do at this point um, other than like facing someone like Errol Spence or yeah, maybe uh, the thing with uh, Boots Ennis. But I really don't feel like they want to. Have that type of matchup happen next year, though. Yeah, these guys are re- Virgil and Boots. They're ready to fight, but the the other guys, the top guys, they they still want to do their thing. They still want to unify and do all that other stuff. But it's get, becoming too late. People want to see these other these young guys get their shot. Yeah, and the thing about it is, is that Terrence Crawford and and uh, Keith Thurman, like if they're not, you know, facing each other, then it's almost like what's the point uh, for a lot of the uh, boxing fans uh, there? Because welterweight division uh, is, you know, prime for having an undisputed champ, you know, uh, at this point. And you know, I know that there's been a couple of tough breaks as far as the schedule is for Errol Spence Jr. But uh, after November 20th, we're gonna see what's going to happen. As far as like if they're going to make Spence Crawford 
or if it just, you know, goes off by the wayside, because I really think that there's a very small window uh, for that fight to happen, uh, if if at all. So so there's that. Um, I know that Matt probably wanted to uh, say something about, you know, Boots's uh, first round uh, washing of uh, Thomas DeLorme. Uh, but <laughs> I'm here. I'm here. Okay. I wanted yeah. you to say something before I got into the, to this uh, little report of what came out after the fight. He got his ass cut, where Like, that was barbecue chicken alert. Like, I, I remember, I, I think I said last week, this is quite a shit. You knew <laughs> what this was, man. Uh, but shout out to Boots for delivering. Because that good dude got blowed up, man. That, that was great to see. And now he's um, talking about, oh, I was hit with a legal shot. All right, calm down, buddy. <laughs> like, no one wants to see a rematch. It's over. <laughs> you, you got beat. Yeah. No one cares got... about Thomas DeLorme. <laughs> you got beat. You got. You were going to get beat up. It, it exactly. was going to be a, a, a drubbing. And, yeah, and so you that. lost in round one instead of round two. What's the difference? <laughs> you know, you're lost. Yeah. And nobody told you to duck your head. Remember, this is the same thing I said happened with Deontay Wilder in that second Fury fight in the third round. Yeah, he probably got hit on the back of the head, but nobody told you to duck your head. So either the referee can call an accidental foul and give you five minutes, or he could say, you know what? Fuck you. You ducked your head. Sorry. Knockdown. And that's what the referee did last night, and I'm not mad at it. Don't duck your goddamn head. <laughs> yeah, man. It, it, it is what it is. You got a bad break, and you're gonna have to, you know, you're gonna have to deal with it. So Yeah, uh, he should be he should be happy he even got the goddamn fight. Who the fuck is Thomas DeLore, man? <laughs> I hate ungrateful people, man. Didn't Crawford fight him? Huh? Didn't who fought Thomas DeLore, man? Who else? Anybody. Crawford, uh, James, um, didn't Stan Yosis fight him too? Yeah. yeah Carl James, then Stan Yonis, then Boots. Stan Yonis was a close fight, though. Stan Yonis stinks. Yeah, probably. <laughs> what do you call him? <laughs> you said Stank on you. Stank on you. Oh, man. Stank on you. Oh, my God. <laughs> oh, God. Yeah, so yeah, uh Delombe's had his run of, you know, going up against uh your Dennis Ugas too. <laughs> and Terrence Crawford and Luis Carlos Abregu uh, uh, and all those guys, but like everybody knew that he was gonna get <laughs> beat down by boots, man. You know. Um it's just um you know, a lot of people have kind of like really bought into the the the, the boots uh you know the boots uh bandwagon or whatever it is but yeah you know well with of course with me and a couple of you know other folks that i know we we kind of like seen what what you know boots is uh you know um capable of and stuff like that so we don't really necessarily uh like kind of you know say oh this is uh too much or anything like that like we've seen you know, firsthand what, what he could do, you know. So you know, I would like, you know, being in the camps of, uh, you know, Bootsy and this, you know, being out there in the dungeon, Bozy's dungeon, 
out there in Philadelphia. And, you know, when you have like a team around around him, like, you know, his father is his trainer and his two brothers who, you know, fought uh, at a professional level, you know, uh, earlier um, then it's, it's pretty much like the sky's the limit. And, and, you know, we hear from various people saying like, you know, this guy could be the next pay-per-view stars or something like that. Yeah. Where the fuck is Jamel? He should be out here celebrating. Yeah. <laughs> I'm trying to see if he, I'm trying to see if he, he would be getting on here. Whatnot, yeah, I'm surprised. So, I thought he was going to be the first motherfucker to call in. Yeah, man. But yeah, he, he hadn't, uh, you know, hit me up yet, you know, but uh, like he, now maybe he'll come in at a later time if he can, but we'll, we'll see. But yeah, I mean, I just think it's just a matter of time. Like some people just say like, he's just going to be here for, you know, a couple more years and that he has the potential to be as big as a middleweight and fight at middleweight. And I'm like, I don't no. think anytime soon though. Yeah. I don't think so either. Because if you look at, um, his career, he started basically at 140. Yeah, he's just a big kid, yep. you know. But the way his his body is shaped, he makes 147 with no issue. Mm-hmm. And the, his dedication, always in the gym, he makes it with no issue. If I'm this guy, I'm at, I'm staying at 147 as long as I can. Do what Errol Spence did. Errol Spence basically been there nine years. See yep. if you can get a nice little 10-year run at 147. That's the money division. Don't go to 154. The Charles is drawing $200,000 at 154. Don't go to 154. You go yep. to 147 where that's the money. And yep. you could be the man at 147. Yep. It like, you know, you, you would have, like, everybody that, you know, is there now and those that want to come up to the division. Exactly. Uh, to be available. And you nope. and he always gonna be bigger than them one forty guys. He beat their ass. And the one fifty four guys, if they shrink down, he gonna beat their ass too. They gonna be weight drained. One forty seven is perfect for him. The only guy that he needs to watch out for, and this is his true rival. It's not what it's not Crawford. It's not Spence Thurman. None of these dudes. The rival of Jerron Ennis is from Capitol Heights, Maryland. Okay, and his name is Gary Antoine Russell. Yep, yep. That's gonna be his rival. You watch. Yep, because like, yeah, people are saying like he, like Antoine is probably the baddest of the baddest mm-hmm. of the Russell clan, mm-hmm. and, and he hasn't really like fully developed himself yet. His hair look nuts. So you know he crazy. <laughs> that nigga hair look nuts, man. You know that boy, y'all. He, this motherfucker look like old school method man with that haircut, man. <laughs> he look nuts. So I ain't messing with that boy. And, and you know he got the wins over Boots and the amateurs. You know, listen, Boots, that's the work. Imagine Philly versus the DMV. Yeah. Come on, man. You put that shit in New York. They can make some money off of that. Yep. Yep. That's the thing, man. Uh and and we gotta see uh that thing coming up there within the next, you know, couple years or so. That that mm-hmm. that, that should be the fight. Cause yeah, like I said, I mean, I don't like I don't see anyone really at 147 right now that could, you know, really uh get to boots at this point. I don't think Ortiz could do it. Mm-mm. Um, I don't think that 
you know, Crawford could do it. I don't think, yeah, I don't even think Spence could do it because, like, shoot, like, Boots is, like, bigger than all those guys. He is. You know? But I will say there's a couple matchups that will be very difficult for Boots, and I think they might get him. I think Spence might get him because Spence punched straight as an arrow. Mm -hmm. Okay? So a couple of them shots that he got hit by DeLorme going to be a little different with Errol Spence. And the one other guy, Showtime Sean Porter, because you just never know how somebody going to react when Sean Porter get all up in your shit. You know? And we ain't never seen nobody get all up in boot shit yet because he ain't fought nobody on that level. Right. So we don't know how he's going to react if Porter get all up in his shit. Yeah, you haven't like seen anybody like try to muck it up there, you know, yeah. against, against Boots. Uh, now maybe actually. Virgil Ortiz could could do that, but Virgil Ortiz get caught too easily. Yeah, he he, yeah. he looked like he was. If if Mean Machine was any type of finisher, he'd have got him out of there. Yeah, Boots would have Boots would have finished his ass. The, the the way he got caught. Yeah, he was you getting know. caught a good amount of mm -hmm. times there early in that fight. Black punches with his face, man. Yep. <laughs> Virgil Ortiz, he, like, he's a good kid. I love that kid. Exciting, strong, all that good stuff. But he ain't going to be in the sport that long. Yeah. Not if he keeps getting hit like that. Because he ain't that good, though, because he get hit too much. Because he get hit too much. He's going to be a bloody guts warrior. He's going to take a lot of dudes out. He's going to take them out more than they take him out. Probably going to be a world champion. Going to be very, very strong. I, I love that kid. But that punishment accumulates. And, and one day, you just lose it all of a sudden. You know, he's going to be one of those guys that he's going to be riding high. He's going to be undefeated, champion, knocking niggas out. And then one day, he's going to get stopped out of nowhere, and then it's going to be over. He's going to start just getting beat, you know? It, it's going to be like that for him. And, and hopefully, that's not another five to seven years, but it's going to come because you can't take that many punches and, and moving up in weight too because he's a big kid. And he yeah. he got discipline issues. So you know he's going to eat himself out of 147 before you know it. So 154, 160, they hit harder. You know, it's a bigger weight. They, they hit him. You know, so he's going to end up he's going to end up taking too much punishment. They're going to get him out of there early. So... You know, more power to him. Make your money now, young blood, because this shit ain't for long. Nope. If they could extend Mungia's career, which they have, then I think he'll be okay for a few more years. Bro, look how old Mungia is. Mungia's still like about 23, 24, 25, something like that. Mungia's still young. So you talking about, think about what you said. They extended his career. This motherfucker's still in his early to mid-20s. Yep. And this shit ain't for long when you take the punches to the face. Yep. And, and, and Mungia takes a lot of punches to the face. Yeah, face. man. And that, he one of my favorites, too. Well, don't 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 ever think I'm ever going to knock Mungia because I, I, I like a motherfucker that'll try to knock your dick string loose. He don't play. <laughs> you know? I, I, I fucks with a dude like that. You you can have all that sweet science, jab, 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 and faint shit. I, I want motherfuckers coming to knock your head off. He one of those, you know, but he ain't gonna be around that long. He not. 
Yeah, I mean he like he leaves himself open to hit, and that's mm-hmm. why that's why I'm like concerned about this fight. <laughs> you know, <laughs> you know that that he's gonna have against Gabe Rosado, man. Like, hey, if Gabe Rosado catches him with a good good one. How is he gonna react to that? Nah, so, he gonna he gonna beat he should, the bricks. Yeah, he should be Rosado. Yeah, he should be able to, man. He gonna beat the brakes off that boy. <laughs> but uh yeah, and um what what else we had, man? We had like another uh fight card, man. I don't know why he didn't uh, make man, I slept on I slept on that top rank card, man. I yeah, I should have went out there. I, I, but you know I, what? Uh after hearing about what happened, it wasn't safe to go to that card anyway. Yeah, man, it wasn't safe at all, bro. It wasn't safe. Like, what is wasn't we doing? Safe. <laughs> oh my god. Like, how are you going to have – Right. So, the main event you had, uh, you know, um, Jose Cepeda against Josue Vargas. And leading into the fight, you had, you know, Josue Vargas talking a whole lot of trash to Jose Cepeda and trying to, you know, uh, do a whole bunch of stuff to try to rile Cepeda up. Um, you know, had like a version of the super lightweight title on the line in there. And then gets to the main event, and then Jose Vargas gets caught with a, with with some good with a good shot, almost lands face first on canvas. Uh, he gets up, and then uh, pretty much uh, Zapata blitzes uh, Vargas in the corner uh, with the whole series of punches, and the and the fight gets stopped in the first round. So Zapata ended up winning, and then come to find out later on in the night. Zapata's uh, entourage and crew was jumped by Josue Vargas's crew <laughs> after the fight, man. They jumped them. Like, what's going on out here? Like, come on, man. Not only did they jump them, they jumped them at the hotel. Yeah, at the at the at the uh, at the fight hotel over there. Ghetto. Like, Ghetto. Man, they need they need to send them boys back to the projects that they came from. Where the fuck they came from? That is unprofessional. Like you don't do that. You don't do that in New York City, of all places. You know you, that that that's that's just ghetto, man. And, and Vargas's whole team should be ashamed uh, of their behavior. And if yep. the commission had any teeth. The way they came down on Ivan Redcatch for biting Danny Garcia's shoulder, even top rank, they they gotta come down on this kid. They should withhold his purse. Like there should be criminal charges filed. Right. That that ain't nothing about right. no boxing. Yeah, I mean that was almost like a a whole like gang versus gang type thing or something yeah, going on. Got him, you know? man. I was like, "Good God, yo!" He like they could have had like folks and you know was part of uh, uh, Zapata's family, man. They could have been in you know great danger, man. Exactly. Like, like come on, yo. <laughs> like, yes, yeah, that was like highly unprofessional, and uh, yeah, definitely uh, Josue Vargas's crew, man. They they might have to you know have it's some type of man. disciplinary action on yeah. that, but. Uh, yo, Zapata said, like, yo, he's he wants to move forward. He's you know, there at the WBC and he wants to be next for uh, <laughs> our guy there, man. But 
yeah, I don't think I don't think that's gonna end up happening for him, man. It, it's gonna he he might just end up fighting for a vacant title mm-hmm. uh, later next year because after Josh Taylor has his fight uh, in February, he's most likely gonna fight uh, Terrence Crawford, depending on what happens with Terrence Crawford in November, man. Yeah, it's just crazy to me, man. Yeah, that was just a a whole wild situation because, um, you know, that that <laughs> what man, it could have been even worse. They could have did something pretty much immediately after the fight in the in the in the theater mass yeah. garden. Like, yo, like, what is y'all doing out here? You yeah. know so that was just a bad situation, now, man. But um, yeah. The, yeah, Zapata is uh, there um, with that win. Uh, they had the, what was it, the cold feature about two, man. Uh, Carlos Carballo versus Jonas Sultan. Yeah, that was I heard about it. I didn't watch it yet. Oh, man. I, I only saw know. the highlights. He dropped him like four times. Dropped him, dropped, dropped, dropped the kid four times. Like they had a whole lot of hype for Carlos Carballo, but yep. Jonas Sultan just was. Uh, catching them you know with power shots and Carabao was just not ready for him yeah i heard Carabao was good i heard he, he had good skills and yeah. good power yeah he had good skills good power but you know he really couldn't uh affect sultan man sultan was just like uh he just seemed like bigger and like stronger than uh Carabao there in the ring and so when it came to like being up close and in exchanges like sultan was able to rock him and he just had a whole bunch of flash knockdowns for Carlos Carabao, right? And uh-huh. it was like uh, three knockdowns to one knockdown, you know, when favorite Joan, uh, Jonas Sultan, uh, they're going through eight rounds. And then you seen Carabao get himself back into the fight in the seventh, and sixth, seventh, and eighth round, get himself in the rhythm. And then in the ninth round, he got That's caught once again. Awesome. And pretty much stopped his whole momentum, and uh, that kind of like did him in. Uh, but then it went to the scorecards, and yeah, it was a unanimous uh, decision win for Jonas Sultan, you know, to give uh, Carabao his first loss. But all three of the judges gave six rounds to Carlos Carabao, six of the six of the ten rounds to Carlos Carabao. So uh, if it wasn't for you know, those knockdown rounds, you really couldn't find much of uh, any round there for Jonas Sultan over the course of that fight. And me watching that fight, I was like, yeah, I couldn't really see six rounds for Carlos Carabao. And on top of that, the um, round where there were two knockdowns, like he, like Carabao had been knocked down in the third and then in the fourth. And I think at the end of the fourth, they scored a knockdown uh on Jonas Sultan and it really didn't quite look like a knockdown but they really didn't have anything for replays either so uh that ended up being like a uh you know a round that could be scored for anybody and I think that particular round got scored for uh Carlos Carabao even with the knockdowns on both sides so uh uh, man at, at, at least the at least the overall scorecard did have the result of Jonas Sultan winning. Uh, but, yeah, it almost seemed like, uh, 
you know, Carl Bayer was going to get get the benefit of the doubt there. But, uh, you know, props to Sultan. He, you know, moves to like uh, 18 and 5. Uh, this is, uh, you know, somebody that did uh, have, what was it, his win over Casamero. Uh, Casamero, you know, yeah. a while ago. So, um, yeah, so props to him for, you know, scoring, scoring this win. Um, I don't know, man, but something tells me that they might try to put him back in the ring there against Carbio or something, you know. Yeah, I mean? but why? You yeah, can end up ruining this kid. You know, yeah. people gotta understand something. All like like these all these young prospects, they look good until they step up against a guy that could eat their power and still execute the game plan. And that's what Carabayo ran into and he had no plan B this guy so what's gonna happen next time you know go back to the drawing board man he, he took a, a a dip in the in his, a toe in the water he wasn't able to handle it pull back a little bit rebuild his kid rebuild his kid's confidence getting knocked down four times in the fight ain't no joke yeah and, and yeah. that that's that's cut it's not like sultan's a heavy hitter you know nope. so it's like uh, but it was just like uh uh you know Carl Bauer was just getting caught <laughs> pretty much yeah. the same thing you know uh you know every time it seemed like so oh man see that was the thing yeah he man. wasn't ready for prime time yep he wasn't ready for prime time in that instance man so so there's that yeah. man oh what about um, that other guy the guy that uh that got beat by the uh, that shorter fighter. Hold on, that was part of that card? No, I mean, it happened like a, mo- a couple of months ago. I think it's called Gabriel something. Yeah, he's he's gonna he's gonna they need re- it's gonna be a while for he gonna need to rebuild himself too. Gabriel, what's he called? Was he on a top rank card or? Yeah, he, uh... he was on a top rank card and he lost to this guy that uh that he out they that. Basically, he was supposed to be able to beat the beat the guy, but he got destroyed. Basically. Oh uh, man, I man, I had forgot like which joint that was, man. Um, you said like it was it wasn't part of the um the Navarrete card, was it? It wasn't on that one, right? Yeah, I think so. Yeah, I think it's not uh, Navarrete under Navarrete and Diaz. Oh, that was that was a while ago. Never at Diaz. No, 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 not that one. Something else. Anyway, you remember that Gabriel kid, Gabriel uh, something. Gabriel. Basically, he got he he had, he was twenty and zero, and then he suffered his first loss against uh, the Mexican guy. Yeah, let me see. Cause the thing with uh, well, uh, Chris Diaz was um, like a while ago. And I don't, yeah, he wasn't part of that card. Um, just shoot. Um, yeah, I had to look that one up because, yeah, there, there, there's instances where, like, you have a guy that you know comes in, like, like in this case, comes in unbeaten and, and gets in a bad matchup, bad matchmaking, and just ends up getting caught and doesn't have anything where he's able to adjust or whatnot, and, and they end up losing the fight. And that just, you know, kind of like takes out their, you know, whole momentum and how they're how how they're getting built up. So, um, you know, maybe here in this case, uh, with uh, Carlos Carballo, man, it, yeah, they they're gonna have to, uh, you know, see how how else they're gonna be able to match him up to, 
try to build up his record uh, once again. But as far as like uh, uh, a thing, as far as um, like having a rematch, mm, nah, I don't think they want to do that. They need to. That. They need to find a way to. He needs to find a way to. Uh, I don't know how I say this. You know, I guess kind of get over it a little bit quick because he's like twenty five, and he needs to get some more fights in so he can uh, rebuild his confidence. I guess the only person that can really do that right now that's really, really building up steam is Navarrete. Navarrete is the only guy that's really fighting a lot. You know, he's the only guy that's really um, doing what the old fighters would do, fighting a whole bunch and winning. Yeah, like five five times a year, man. Fighting five times a year, that that kind of like, uh, you know, does it uh, for him. You know, yep. where he's able to, you know, build himself up and get skills along the way. He's super um, relevant right now. They th- they trying to put him in there with Valdez. Yep. And uh, I guess uh, Bob Barron has suggested that they want to have, uh, you know, if, if they could put that fight together and then have uh, Stevenson have his uh, defense of the WBO title against Miguel Burchelt, the former WBC champ. Oh, that'd be I'll be nice. I wouldn't mind him fighting Burchelt. That'd be good. But but I think Burchelt should move up to one thirty five. Like seven, sit like seven, seven's moving up. To, seven farmers moving up to one thirty five. I think Burchelt should also follow suit. Go up there. Yeah, yeah. I I think so too. Cause right now, him at one thirty against the Stevenson. Yeah, he yeah, he might get you know washed again. He they can't like uh you know afford another uh. Uh, you know, uh, lost there, uh, especially if it's a stoppage. We uh, do we have the ghost of Mike Grady or is this the real Mike Grady? What's going on over here? Boo! <laughs> <laughs> oh man, yeah. Uh, I think uh, you know he had like a little bit of a technical thing uh, going on with you, but I don't know, man. I guess this is where Halloween. Uh, we have like some type of you know, paranormal stuff going on around here. But, um, man, Matt, it's fight week, man. It's Canelo fight week. It's El Campeon, man. It's Saul Canelo Alvarez versus Caleb Plant, man. Uh, let me see, like, I don't know what, what I think people are saying that, uh, Caleb Plant's going to get stopped. Uh, it just depends on like what round he's going to get stopped or whatever it is, man. It might um, it, it may go to full distance. I'm, I'm not sure. He may get stopped. It's very well that he may really get stopped because uh, I think uh, I don't know. I think uh, Canelo. I think they said he has gas gas tank problems. Like he might start fast all the way up all the way to the middle, and I think Canelo's going to probably pour it on, and then he's probably going to stop him late. Maybe. Yeah, I mean it. For me, I, I think with uh, Caleb Plant, like his best, his best thing is to try to stretch, stretch out this fight as long as he can, and 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 control the distance, and you know have uh, Canelo Alvarez reset, and not you know get caught in a trap uh, there, you know uh, against Canelo, because um, if he gets within range and then tries to throw a shot and gets you know hit with the counter upstairs into the body, man, uh, that might be a real problem for him. It might be, but it might be a real problem for Canelo to get past that jab and get past that lateral movement. 
yeah, that yeah, that would be my thing. Is like how how is his uh, mobility uh, to you know try to get to uh, Caleb Plant, especially you know someone there that's like six one uh, has length that he does and you know tries to get um, you know try to get Canelo to reset or something like that. Because I don't think that Caleb Plant would try to do anything to like keep himself in the pocket long enough. Yeah. For Canelo to you know touch him up with a couple couple shots like a two three or four punch combination like if he allows that to happen then that's that's gonna be bad news for him. Hey, Caleb Plant might show why Canelo wasn't really interested in fighting Demetrius Andre at one fifty four. Hmm, that could be yeah, that could be a possibility there too because he he could uh you know give some type of um you know unorthodox type of movements. Yeah, that could really, you know, confuse Canelo for a good amount of the fight. The one thing I do worry about is Caleb Plant seems very susceptible to hooks, so he got to be careful. But what Caleb Plant does well is stuff that Canelo has issues with also. That's why I think this fight is a lot more interesting than people think. And when this fight got announced, I, I said that PBC has stumbled into another trilogy. And I think that's what we're going to see here. I think you're going to see Caleb Plant pull off the monumental upset and defeat Canelo by split or unanimous decision on Saturday. Man. Right. Yeah. I I think that's, go ahead, Mike. I think that would be uh, a nice fairy tale ending. However, um, the things that Caleb Plant do wrong are the things that Canelo, Canelo well. yeah. is looking to take advantage of, which we Absolutely. saw a glimpse. We saw a glimpse of it in the press conference. <laughs> You're laughing, <laughs> but at first, I was being hopeful. You know, something I'm I'm starting to re-realize. <laughs> take my emotions out of it. I, I was sort of emotional in the uh, Deontay Wilder fight. Granted, now the the fight happened how I thought it was. Deontay Wilder caught Tyson Fury, and then he had his moment to win the fight. But as long as it went, we we sort of knew that he wasn't gonna win a a boxing match, and then his win. I'm saying all that to say. Did somebody play some crickets? <laughs> nah, man. Yo, I'm in New York City, bro. Just talk, man. Stop, 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 stop making me look bad, man. Try to be professional. You know I'm in the city. It's Halloween night. The freaks come out at night. You know I'm okay. walking past these bitches that's dressed up like Harry Potter. And the ass cheeks is out. We got traffic everywhere. The city, <laughs> the city stinks. It's New York, baby. <laughs> Gotta love it. Gotta love it. Yeah, I just think that when... um. Caleb Plant throws his jab, he always is on his front foot, which which means that his ability to make that second maneuver is hindered. And so it, it's very similar to that to that press conference where he threw his his, you know, swing and slap, but his weight was on his front foot, which is why Canelo was able to just literally just step in and then wop wop. I, I think unfortunately that's gonna happen all night. And we either going to see Caleb Plant do a superhuman display of, of being able to take punishment and, and walk through 
and and he hopefully catch Canelo with something that 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 drops Canelo, but Canelo gonna be on him, and I don't think what he does or how he does it is conducive to him keeping Canelo off of him because he he's not able to make that second move because he he always be on his front foot, and then when when he's not able to make that second move, he's not gonna make Canelo pay. So Canelo going to get in, throw his shots, and then Plant might cover up. But that's going to be the fight the majority of the time. Unless Plant put his weight on his back foot when he jabbed, which he hadn't done thus far. He'd be on his front foot, which which, which does not bode well for him. Well, I, I got to see if he's going to be able to, uh, you know, like make a statement early in the fight. So that um, so that at least so at least the thing with Canelo uh would have something that he has to watch out for, but if if Caleb Plant doesn't send a message to Canelo early, then yeah, it, it I, I just feel like it's going to be a long night for Caleb Plant. You know, um, like you're saying, uh, a lot of the times he wants to you know go ahead and step in with a jab with his front foot, but he's gonna have to learn how to you know box well going off his back foot. Watching what Canelo's going to do, seeing if he get get a one-two uh, combination as a counter, and then get himself out of the line of vision of Canelo. Um, that way, he'll be able to score points on him. Yeah. Um, but you know, I, I think this is almost similar to a uh, um, to like going up against Billy Joe Saunders, where Billy Joe Saunders, you know, had like a little bit of success at, at times, but once Canelo just said, "You know what? I'm going to go forward." I'm gonna come, you know, right at, uh, you know, come right at Billy Joe Saunders, and just hit him with the biggest shot. And I, I just feel like, you know, he's not gonna be able to take it, and that's what ended up happening with Billy Joe Saunders. Yeah, but I, that I, was I, the eighth round. Thing. That was the eighth round. So yeah. if if Caleb Plant is able to build up a lead and say like he gets like five of the first six rounds or six of the first seven rounds. You telling me that Cater Plant is not capable of getting on his bike to finish that fight on his feet? Canelo ain't ain't ain't, ain't superhuman, you know. Cater Plant is more than capable of doing that. Six, he had, he got to win the six rounds first, you know. Canelo's gonna be able to counter him. Canelo's Canelo a is a very slow starter. He's always been a slow even, starter. Even when with a slow starter, he he can still counter you. How long? Did it take him to catch up to Kovalev? How long did that take? Yeah, about six or seven rounds. Yeah, man. He's always a slow starter. Kovalev is a different animal than, than Caleb Plant, though. Caleb Plant is better than Kovalev. What are you talking about? Caleb Plant has better skills, but, but Kovalev's jab is better than, than Caleb Plant. Kovalev's jab is a power jab, but it's a slow jab, and it's a predictable jab. And but he kept Canelo that, off of him until six rounds. Yeah, and, and that should tell you something. The fact that Canelo wasn't able to get that big-ass head out of the way of Kovalev's slow-ass jab, that should tell you that Caleb Plant might have a lot of success with the jab. That's what that tells me. That's not telling me, oh, it was the power. No, that jab shouldn't have been connected because Canelo is a lot smaller and Canelo's a lot quicker than Kovalev. So why the hell... Was Kovalev able to, to to jab Canelo's head off 
for like the first six rounds. Wasn't that like his first fight at 175, though? But what that have to do with speed? A punch is a punch. A punch is a punch is a punch. You, you can dodge a punch with your head. You know, at the end of the day, you know, we, we lord Canelo. All praise Canelo. Canelo, one of my favorite fighters in the whole fucking world. But he is not unbeatable. I know. He's always been susceptible uh, to the jab. He's always been susceptible to lateral movement. And he hasn't fought anyone with that combination basically since Arislandi Lara. We can't even say Billy Joe has that combination because Billy Joe's best days was at 160. Yeah. And when he got caught uh, on that shit, he came back as a cruiserweight and never went back to 160 again. And it's looked like shit since then. So we don't we don't know what Canelo looks like against a true top 168-pounder. Callum Smith is at 175 now because he was killing himself to make weight. Billy Joe was never a, 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 a good boxer uh, above 160, and he had to cheat to make 160. So how good was Billy Joe? But we know, we know Kayla Plant in the gym Oh man, uh, you, oh man, he was getting in it too. Yep. God, dog, man, yeah. like he, like he was, man. Matt was cooking. He was cooking. Okay, yeah. he was Matt, cooking. Matt was in, was in it, but he don't want to hear the truth that that uh, Caleb Plant be on his front foot most of the time, which to me means he will not be able to maneuver and float around the ring like he would need to to stay away from Canelo's counters. If he was more had had his weight more on his back foot to where he could do all the things that Laura does and and slip and you know slip at the waist and do all that other stuff, but the reason why he get caught so clean at times, you know, against slower fighters is because he be on his front foot and he, yes, he has speed in terms of like agility, but he gets caught so much because he because of the fact that he has his weight on his front foot and, and he relies too much on this bladed stance. On the what? Bladed. You know, when he was fighting uh, Caleb Truex, he was in the bladed stance a lot, and he wasn't moving for some reason, and that, that allowed uh, Caleb Truex to hit him a lot. Uh, tell me what's the bladed stance. It's like when you're like, you know, it's like where you're, uh, it's kind of like the Philly shell. Oh, well, he flat sort of, like yeah. uh, yep. a flat target. Gotcha, gotcha. Yeah, like flat-footed, pretty much. You know? So, he... he he he'll move around, but he's still like flat footed yeah, as far as like his flat, movement is. He can't be flat too. Like that Caleb Truex, like there's no reason Caleb should have been able to hit a plant that much. And he was hitting them with the same punch too. A lot. Yeah. Yeah. And that and that's uh and I and, and I'm sure that you know uh Canelo kind of like saw that. Uh because you know he talks about uh, you know, watching film and looking at the mannerisms of a killer playing what he does. Like I'm sure that that fight was pretty much like on the on the um on the uh front of uh, what he was looking at as far as like openings for uh Caleb Plant and seeing if he could exploit them. So, yeah. so that's the thing about it is that you know even with the uh link that uh Caleb Plant has, he's gotta have you know good enough movement to where you know, he can get himself out of the pocket or out of the line of vision of Canelo. And if he can't do that, 
and, and still ends up getting touched by Canelo, then uh, he's going to be in uh, some real issues there, uh, you know, come oh. Saturday night. Unfortunately, the the uh, the uh, undercard is very very bad. So if you're gonna oh you buy the card, just just wait, just wait for the uh, just wait for the main event. You know, there's no point in buying the card yeah. and watching the undercard. Uh man, I, I don't know, man. Uh, to be honest, I'll probably be at a bar somewhere, man, uh, and and you know, watch the fight or something like that, maybe. So yeah. Uh, so this is so you would buy the card and just and only. Watch it at the end, even though you pay like eighty dollars for it. I mean, yeah, when the 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 guys that are on the undercard aren't worth watching, at least not yet in their careers. I mean, okay. like you have the thing where they you know set it up to um, you got uh Elvis Rodriguez that's going to be part of it. Ray Vargas is coming back from injury. Oh my uh, god! You know previous uh. Isn't there, I heard that Ray Vargas is the most boring Mexican fighter out there. <laughs> uh, yeah, they got uh, Ronald Ellis uh, that's going to be part of this card. Um, they got Anthony Durrell, you know, who I spoke Man. with a few, you know, what was it's been almost like about a month or so back. Uh, he's fighting in this card too. Um, but yeah, this what one, two, three, four, five, six, seven. An eight fight card uh in total uh here for oh. this. Um, but you know, the thing about it is like the discussion around this particular card was that you know, with them using you know fifty million dollars of the budget for the main event, it was like uh what else did they have yeah. uh, left to, to spread around? So yeah. now it needs to stop stop asking for big not these huge n- numbers for, for yeah. money. Yeah. So, so on the card could be good, but hey, is that Ro- is really? It looks like Roley's not going to be fighting at all. So, oh well, yeah. Um, on that, I know that like um, you know, someone like kind of brought that up, uh, in reference to Roley Romero. Um, I mean, it looks like yeah, it looks like it's leaning towards him not being uh put in uh that card uh to headline, um, you know the fight against Gavante Tank Davis. Um, so what happened? that being said, well, it, it's the whole thing with the allegations that are coming out as far as like his uh, for like sexual misconduct or something like that. Um, but, you know, um, you know, I really don't uh, think that, you know, I, I know that it would be, you know, that serious about it. You know what I mean? Yeah. Um, because uh, what is sexual is. misconduct? What does that actually mean? Uh, as far as like being sex, uh, sexually vulgar towards uh, various women, you know. Um, so he getting uh, he getting canceled. Yeah, yeah, it seems like it. Uh, yeah, due to the sex. So it, it it's kind of like the whole thing with um, you know, uh, Deshaun Watson in in the NFL, pretty much right now. Yeah, you know. And you know what? We don't know what's gonna happen. Is he gonna? Is he gonna? Is he gonna go to trial or something? But the thing is, like, he wouldn't be like they would have to bring up charges like real quick, you know. I think and girl, the thing about girl it pressed is, charge. I think she pressed charges uh, yesterday. Oh, yesterday. Oh, yeah. Okay. Well, if they pressed charges yesterday. Then they're gonna, you know, try to go after um, Roland Romero, get that warrant, you know, that warrant issued, and then you know, try to get him for an arrest. 
Um, but you know, in some cases, you know, some people might say like this is strange that you would have something like this for Rolly Romero when you know Tank should have a pending case open still. Yeah, yeah. You know, but you know, that's been happening a lot. You know, some guy gets uh in a powerful position and then some this lady comes out of nowhere and says she she did that to him. She she did something to her. I th I think it even happened to this one guy. What was that? The Bryant Kavanaugh guy, and then they had to go do the the hearings and stuff, and it was all on TV. Oh, the thing for um the judge that judge, yeah yeah whatever it was yeah yeah yeah. It seems like every time these these guys get something good going on, it's when these ladies come out. Yo, I mean that you know that's kind of like a touchy subject because you know those are the guilty should should be uh, prosecuted to the fullest extent of the law. Yeah. It's just that in, in this particular system, a lot of things are reactionary. And the thing about it is, is that if if they actually did it, then y'all should, you know, go after them sooner rather than later in one instance. But in the other side, too, is that some of these people have so much power at a certain time that uh -huh. they could hide a whole lot of stuff until it's just about the right time. So. So that's kind of like how it is in some cases. But here with, uh, you know, Roller Romero, you know, it's like, hey, um, he's going to have to, you know, he's going to have to end up dealing with it. But, you know, depending on how what whatever his status is overall could kind of like keep him relevant as far as like being in this fight against Gervonta Tank Davis. But if not then it's most likely going to be Isaac Cruz Gonzalez as the opponent for Gavante Tank Davis. As, you know, initially when um, uh, Tank had his win over Mario Barrios in June and they were planning on having another pay-per-view fight for him this year, I pretty much like had Isaac Cruz Gonzalez as one of his uh, potential opponents uh, that yep. he'd uh, fight next. So, when they said Roly Romero, that kind of like, you know, threw me for a loop a little bit. So, um, but, you know, would still, you know, end up could be in uh, Isaac Cruz Gonzalez, um, you know, there for that December 5th uh, event on pay-per-view. And even with that pay-per-view, it seems like they're, they're kind of like really investing in uh, filling up those tank cards too. Cause I mean, the last one was, you know, pretty good card. And now this one, they, they're having a, you know, few, it's like they're trying to line up a few good fights for it. So what what fights? Uh, Well, I think they're going to have um uh, the thing with, uh, you know, Ortiz, Luis Ortiz is going to be involved in it. Okay. Um, I think there was like another uh, thing that was going to be a co-feature about to it. Um, But I got to see like, um you know, what that was going to be. but. Usually they they have like um you know really good cards for uh Gravante Tank Davis uh you know fights so you know I'm kind of like looking uh looking towards that uh here um when it when it comes up or when it gets closer to coming up there so uh, that's what I'm looking out for um in this instance there man but you know that's mainly uh you know what I had going on I know that there was some suggestion about um. Uh, Eddie Hearn or something like that, saying that you know maybe uh, uh, Devin Haney. Haney would be available. You know, I'm saying there's too much. There would be too much money to put up for it because Devin Haney like brings in like a lot of money for his purses, 
just mm-hmm. to fight uh, 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 Jorge Linares or, you know, um, you know, anybody like that. So if you're thinking about fighting Tank Davis, that's that's more of like, you know, having uh, three or four million. <laughs> uh, don't be surprised. It would be up to three or four million for for those guys. And yeah, that's, that's not, probably why they don't want to fight him right now, because yeah. they don't draw enough money. Yeah, they don't. And, and, and these guys, uh, you know, these guys price tags are too high at this particular point for mm-hmm. a fight of that magnitude to happen, you know. So, um, so the, yeah, they're going to have to hold off on that one uh, if it was going to be uh, Tank Davis and, and Devin Haney there at 135 pounds. So, um, yeah, that's that's out of the question uh, right there. So um, as far as I, as far as I uh, got that, that's pretty much, uh, you know, really what I could do. Uh, for this uh, version of the uh, Boxing Source uh, radio show. Uh, it's about a little bit over two hours uh, with this one. Um, you know, there's a couple of other um, events that did happen that we're probably going to, you know, cover at a later time. But uh, as for right now, uh, this kind of like wraps it up. I uh, thank mm-hmm. everyone for uh, being a part of this particular podcast. Shout out to uh, Kobe is Soldier Breedy and Coach Floyd Seymour for joining us earlier in the podcast. And shout out to Boxing Learner Mike Grady and Matt Brown from Most Valid Opinion for joining in. Um, you know, definitely uh, enjoyed this particular episode. And like I say, at the end of every show, point of boxing is to hit and not get hit, not to send and trade. On that note, folks, I'm out. Have a good evening, everybody. <laughs>